Welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast number 50. We are covering the 2018 Shriners Hospitals for Children Open on the PGA Tour and the Turkish Airlines Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good evening chaps. Evening guys. Evening guys. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website, our handles on Twitter. I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry's at A Good Talk Golf. We're available on, oh, it just keeps growing. Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Uh, there's others, Podcast Republic. But um, as I always mention, Golf Betting System YouTube channel as well. It's up there if you uh, if you take your media via YouTube. We uh, It's available on there. should be tomorrow, Tuesday morning. Uh, naturally, subscribe and follow the podcast. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. We would love a five-star rating. Of course we would. We'd love a five-star rating. Now, one of the comments we got a couple of weeks ago, chaps, was that you'd spend far too much time on the previous week. And with the total disaster that my tips were last week, and Paul's, and yes, you, you stumbled upon Carlos Ortiz, Barry, so well played for that. What price was he? Uh, it was 150s, I think. Let me just check here. Yeah, there was a little bit of 200s about as well, um, with, I, I, with, with fewer places. But yeah, I guess you probably took the uh, the longer price or longer I place option. Took the, yeah, I took about the seven places, mm. so... Uh, yeah, that was fun watching that round, kind of just add birdies and birdies and birdies <laughs> and get in there for the full place. And, yeah. you know, it's it, uh, just the, the irony of the pick being made for uh, the silly reason that I had backed Roberto Diaz having fancied him and I just saw another Z there on the list around those <laughs> prices and went, I like it, I'll just go with him. back yeah. Carlos Ortiz. I don't know, so. I don't know about He's you, full Barry. of logic, this golf bet. Yeah. Yeah. To be oh, fair, yeah. it, it seems to be the way ahead. I don't know about you, Barry, but I knew I was onto a loser when I started to see Cameron Davis four putt twice in his first nine holes. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> not ideal. So frustrating. Two four putts. I mean, one. The first one was from twenty-eight feet or something ridiculous. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right then. So that's last week. Sure, yeah, the less said the better but yeah well, well done for yours Barry that's a the cracking pick that one yeah and the bookies don't seem to have uh, paid any heed to it whatsoever I'm seeing them at 160 to 1 on Bet365 one of the early markets up so for this week mm. and I noticed that he has a top 20 four years ago at this event so I will be uh, I'll be sticking with Carlos Backing him this up. week I think why not why not what do you think to this Shriners Open this week, chaps? I mean, this is, uh, what would we be? This is the first, second, third, fourth. This is the fifth week of the new season. So the old, I'd classify it as the fifth week of the full series, effectively. Even though mm. they called it a wraparound season. And, um, you know, I keep, I keep records and whatever on all of this kind of rubbish. Just to confuse myself. But if you look at the the fifth tournament of the um, fall series, if you like, or this new wraparound, uh, it was 2013. It was the McGladry Classic. Kirk won at 50 to one. Uh, in 2014, it was a guy by the name of Nick Taylor who won at 400 to one. 
Then we had two um, OHL classics down at Mayakoba. Now, GMAT won one of those at 33-1. to 1. I know we'll remember that because he started to find a little bit of form, didn't he, prior to yeah. that win. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember you know, that. 30th at the British Masters. He'd finished 24th in Hong Kong, blah, blah, blah. And those results would have been a lot better. You know, I think he was like top eight, top nine after 54 holes at a couple of those and fell away. So mm. the signs were there for GMAC. Then 2016 OHL Classic again, Pat Perez won that, 125 to 1. He'd been 33rd in Malaysia and 7th at the Shriners the week before. And then last year, I stumbled upon Patrick Cantley, who was second favourite for this at 20 to 1. He'd played uh, the previous week in Shanghai. So all of this rubbish about, you know, oh, I might get tired. Jet lag, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that don't work. So don't worry about that. 15th he was at Shijan. And he'd fired in a third round 65 for a nice top four, top five in the field that week on the Saturday. And he also putted very well, which isn't very Patrick Cantley. All I'm thinking is, Cantley, Perez, McDowell, Nick Taylor, Chris Kirk, all of those guys had either played the previous week, yeah, or Mm. they'd played uh, two weeks prior. So they'd had a chunk of action in the new season, if you like, or the old full series, yeah. So then got I some got, of these guys, yeah. Some of these guys what, are yeah, coming you in. You know where I'm heading. So, I go to the odds. You know, a, a couple of firms have come up. We're recording this um, at quarter to six UK time. Uh, Ricky Fowler is joint favourite at uh, 11 to 1. He hasn't played since the Tour Championship. Bryson DeChambeau, 12 to 1. He hasn't played since the Tour of Champions. I know they, they've played the Ryder Cup, but I'm thinking in terms of stroke play, yeah, on the PJ mm, yeah, Tour. Yeah. Tony Finau, he's 11 to 1 favourite with Bet365. 11 to 1 favourite. Quite right, I mean, he's playing some great stuff. Oh, he played well. He, he well, won last week, didn't he? he um, I watched that. He didn't do anything wrong, particularly, Tony. Chauflet just. Um, yeah, he played a little bit better, didn't he? Hmm. A bizarre, bizarre display by Schofler. But oh, um, look at his stats. Yeah, yeah, it was all about the short game and the putting, wasn't it? His long game was, his, his driving in particular was way off, but got the job done. So Fowler, DeChambeau, Tony Finau. Then we've got Jordan Spieth, who's had slap, you know, slap wrist. He's playing this week and next week in um, Mexico because he does. He wants to make sure that he plays the minimum amount of tournaments. <laughs> Then you've got the old favourite Webb Simpson, who's won round here in the past. He's done nothing this year to date, fourteen to one. Spieth is twelve to one. And then you've got defending champion Patrick Cantlay at sixteen to one. Our friend Gary Woodland, the podcast friend Gary Woodland, at eighteen to one. And then it completely falls off a cliff. Aaron Wise at twenty-eight. He hasn't played since the Tour Championship. And then you get the likes of Kevin Nahr, Cameron Champ. A very impressive specimen, I think you'd agree. Chess and Hadley, Matt Kuchar, and players of that ilk. Mm. So, what do you guys think? You know, is it going to be a loving? You know, across these eleven to one, twelve to one, fourteen to one shots, or as well, I think you, yeah. kind of happens, I always think that there's always going to be a little bit of room for some players at a bigger price that have actually played some half decent golf recently. I think your summary of Jordan Spieth um, might give us a few indications because some of these guys are surely just knocking this off their obligation list um, this week, get it over and done with, and uh, and, and move on. 
Um, you know, that's not to say these guys can't win it, but clearly the bookies aren't making any one of them a clear, obvious favourite. And I guess on form, very recent form, Tony Finau should probably be the clear, obvious favourite. But does Tony get the job done? Does Tony convert his chances? Well, we had another clear example of that uh, last weekend, didn't we? No, I think there's scope for a little bit more further down. Barry. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with a few longer shots. You know, it's the it just it's so hard to differentiate between those top few and then guys who are coming back after a few weeks off. Do you, have you any interest in backing them at, at sub twenty to one odds? Well, it's funny. You know, I don't really. No, I don't. No. Ricky Fowler was ten to one to win the OHL Classic last year. Now, the OHL Classic was a week after this last season. He hadn't played since the Tour Championship. I know he played the President's Cup, blah, blah, blah. And he should have won it, shouldn't he? Do you remember? He, I think he led after round one. And, oh, you know, he was trading at like 1.4 on, on uh, Betfair Exchange. Oh, uh, and he got beat by Pat and Keziah. Mm. That could that happen, happen. Mm, That's happened. He's shown um, a little bit as well, Patton. Worth keeping an eye on, I think. He is. I want, I wanted to back him this week, but he's not playing, which is frustrating. Mm. Um, TPC Summerlin is the course this week. It's a par 71. It's 7,255 yards. Um, it's one of those courses, actually, uh, where winners seem to actually have to give it a little bit of respect off the tee. So, if you look at tournament skill averages um, here, um, and you average them out, I'm, I mean, I'm talking 2010 through 2017 here, so I'm talking eight renewals. It's rare that you see this on the PGA Tour. But driving distance, 28th. Driving accuracy, 10th. I mean, that's the one that gets me. Mm. So, in, on average, across the last eight renewals, the winner of this has been in the top ten for driving accuracy. Now, we know on the PGA Tour that normally means diddly squat driving accuracy. It is unusual for the PGA Tour, isn't it? That it kind is. of number. GIR 13th, proximity to hole 33rd, scrambling 26th, putting average 6th. Yeah, it's, yeah, clearly. But when you actually look at the strokes gain numbers as well, these are over the last three renewals. So, Cantley, Rod Pampling of all people, and Smiley Kaufman. Last three winners here. Strokes gained off the tee, 11th. Strokes gained approach, 15th. Strokes gained around the green, 37th. Strokes gained tee to green, 6th. And then we've got strokes gained putting, 26th. So that, to me, doesn't shout really that it's a huge putting contest. It's more that you've got to be very accurate from tee to green, be metronomic approaches, greens, have a half-decent scrambling game if you, if you do miss the green. And then, effectively, the birdies will come if you're consistent in that approach. And you still got to get to, what, in decent conditions, 20 under, thereabouts, in this one? It's in that bracket. Yeah, right? last year was, an, was a bit of an, you know, it, was, it wasn't a, um, a, a normal scenario there because Cantley won at nine under, and you remember it was blowing a hoolie, it was like 16 degrees, it yeah, wasn't your yeah, typical... Yeah. Now, this, I think, is going to be a birdie fest, as you're kind of suggesting, Paul. Pampley won at 20 under. 
Uh, Kaufman won at 16 under. That was a weird year because the, the greenkeepers seem to have forgot to hose the greens and they were really firm for <laughs> three days. And then last round, he shot 61 when they actually you know made the greens accessible. But if yeah. it's... Yeah, Ben Martin, 20 under. Simpson, 24 under. Moore, 24 under. Nah, 23 under. It's, a, it's just a birdie fest. It's a birdie fest. Which kind of uh, opens the door, I always think, as well. You know, when you're talking big names, the more birdies that are available, the lower the, the scoring. I always think that opens the door to bigger prices. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the tougher tests tend to lend themselves to the top quality players and then the the what you know more open scoring ones. It, it, someone who gets red hot with a putter um, you know, and is also hitting, hitting greens. And as you described in this one, they've actually got a few, hit a few fairways as well. Uh, someone who can tie those three together could uh, could produce somewhat of a shock. I think two I that I've certainly two that I'm I've backed um, so far. I mean, we've only got two firms up at the moment with prices, but I couldn't resist the prices that were on offer. One in his last outing, which which was in Korea, he was the 36 hole leader. Uh, he also put in his best putting performance for five years. And we know that he's what I would classify as a desert rat. He absolutely loves playing uh, in the desert out in the western United States. I mean, he lives in Las Vegas, which probably helps. He knows yeah. the course backwards. I cannot resist the man that finished fifth at the CJ Cup two weeks ago, Scott Piercy. Mm. He was leading that as well, wasn't he? Yeah, 54 hole leader. And he shot. Uh, this is what I like about him. Um, if you actually look at his recent couple of outings, uh, the BMW Championship in September in the playoffs, he shot six under and five under in the mid rounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kuala Lumpur. Went out there, shot an opening round of 7 under 65 and a 5 under 67. So he was fifth at the halfway stage. And then in the CJ Cup at Jeju Island, uh, he shot an opening 70, which was good enough for fifth. It was blowing really hard on the Thursday. And then on the Friday, bang, 7 under 65. So he led at th uh, 36 holes. He was putted at 1.7 putts per GIR, which is the best number we're going to get out in South Korea because clearly there's... No strokes gained information. That was his best putting performance for five years. And I've always got the feeling with Pierce, he's one of those for me that I follow when he's hot, and especially at a golf course like this, where he's finished 14th, 10th, 6th and 7th. I think seem to add up, doesn't it? Yeah, 66 to 1, I think that's a reasonable price on Skip, Scott Piercy. I really do. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's capable as well. We know, you know, from some of the some of the events that we've seen him performing in the past. You know, going back a couple of years, I remember he was tearing it up. Yeah, at, uh, exactly. Uh, the US, US Open, wasn't it? And then two he, years he, ago, Paul, thirty sixth in the official world golf rankings, arriving at this tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He finished second, second at the uh, US Open, second at um, Aquan as well, didn't he? In, yeah, back to back he, events I think he then went into the full series as I classify it and I think he finished third at Silverado and then finished third or fourth at uh, El Chameleon that year as well 
Mm. That was the one that Russell, I think it was Russell Knox, snuck it in in the last. On the, you know, there was him, Woodland, Pat Perez, and Scott Piercy fighting it out for the victory. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing, isn't it? We talk bio rhythms. Piercy tends to play well at this time of year. I just think he feels more comfortable with it. I don't know. He's, you know, I just think Scott Piercy is sixty-six to one on the basis his his putter is hot. He's finding tons and tons of fairways and greens. He was in the top twenty last year across the whole season for strokes gained tee to green. Mm. So when you see someone of that ilk actually putting really well at his last outing, I'm, I'm on that. So Scott Piercy for me at sixty-six is his one I'm on. Yeah, that seems fair to me. Anything that you, I will talk you through my second in a minute, but I've, I've spoke, talked enough. What? Who are you guys into potential? Um, I like Ryan, Ryan Moore sitting there at fifty fives. He's usually uh, a bit shorter for this event, which is as close to a home, it's a home game for him because he lives in Vegas. Mm. Um, you know, he's got he's got a pretty pretty good record here. Former past winner um, six years ago. Uh, he popped up with a second place there four weeks ago. A little bit so-so out in the last two outings, but he's had a week off. So, you know, is, I don't know if it's got to, I, I like Ryan Moore as a golfer, so I don't know if that's uh, that's impacting my uh, decision a bit. He's the sort, uh, though, isn't he? That's what we were saying. Metronomic, yeah? Metronomic mm. fairways, metronomic greens, yeah? That, that's his game. And, yeah. and you know as a lot as I do, he, he tends to feature more at lower scoring events. So you'll see mm-hmm. him you'll see him at the likes of Kapalua popping up. You'll see him at John Deere Classics that he's won in the past, yeah. Wyndham Championships, short courses. So yeah, more. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I I'm de- I'm I'm gonna stick with Carlos Ortiz. I kinda have to, you know. Yeah. Um, the price on offer Barry, I think it'd be silly to uh, disregard him, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's astonishing that it's he's the same price. Um, I'm 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 with it. I'm I'm back on the Ortiz train again. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you guys mentioned somebody just before we came on air, Anders Albertson, who I picked a few weeks ago, and he decided to throw a missed cut at me. Um, but he popped up there for f- fifth last week, so it'll just be interesting to see. Uh, it is his course debut, so. Um, but like you pointed out, Steve, he's in very good shape. His his game is in very good shape. He was uh, what almost top of the pile for strokes gained, tee to green. Yeah, he was first for greens in regulation. That's never a bad stat, is it? That helps. It helps a little bit. He was. This is at the Sanderson last week. Twelfth for strokes gained off the tee. First for strokes gained approach. First for strokes gained tee to green. Not a bad set of numbers, really, is it? For on a golf course where you want to be, you know, very, very um, targeted and methodical. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, a few of these guys who've clearly performed well last week um, at the Sanderson Farms, because there's some decent names at the top of the betting this week. Their their price virtually virtually hasn't moved, has it? Yeah, no. it's great. <laughs> Just find the right one, I guess, <laughs> yeah, or, or two. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, this this is in my preview. I mean, this, this this kind of might fill us with more in you know encouragement. Um, what have we got here? We have got 
Gainey, Blixt, Ishikawa, Guthrie, Hadley, Kizaya, Stegmeyer, Francesco Molinari and Bo Hosler have all finished in the each-way places on course debut. Guthrie, Hadley, Hosler, Kizaya and Stegmeyer were all new tour graduates. Mm. Yeah, the scope for it, isn't it? As was, of course, one that I've actually missed off there. I don't know why, but I have. Um, Smiley Kaufman. Yep. He won it. Yep. Now, that field might not have had seven high-quality players at the top end, all at sub-16 to one. Um, bear that in mind, but it's possible. It's very possible. Hmm. Yes. Any others at nice prices that you've seen, Paul, potentially? Yeah, I've, I've backed one, and again, like you, um, even though there's not many bookies that have come up so far, when I saw this price, I just, just jumped on it. Um, now, for me, this in normal conditions, this event is all about scoring low. And one guy who has proven uh, four times on the web.com that he can score low, and in particular at the Ellie May Classic back in 2016, when he shots 30 under to set all sorts of web.com records. I'm busily going through my paperwork, <laughs> trying to beat you to the name. Uh, I'll, I'll keep going before I say his name. Ah, oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Great shout. Great fourth shout. at the DAP Championship recently, eighth at the web.com. He was in contention in both of those. Fourteenth last... Sorry, Done. you just get the feeling with this chap. I'm building the tension. You just get the feeling with this chap. He's starting to find his feet at the main tour level. Yeah, I think so. It's I taken him so. some time, hasn't it? He had a bit of a kind of an aborted attempt at it last year, and then um, switched back to the uh, web.com, and then probably won back on the web.com straight away. So clearly, he's, he's capable. And this guy's won four times in the last uh, three years. So since 2016, he's won yeah. four times on the web.com. So he can clearly get over the line. He um, was on a um, oh man, I've had a complete wine a mind blank. Um, he was on a podcast last year. Come on, Barry, help me out. Podcast that you you've uh, you've been on in the past. Oh, Stefan Jaeger, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry, you, you you've blown it, Barry. <laughs> but yes, he was on that, and he said he because he's from Tennessee, and he said in um, on the um, No Lane Up podcast that he did that he loves bent grass greens. Yeah, struggles on Bermuda. So last week's performance really got me interested. The seventh for putting average last week, which, as you say, wasn't wasn't uh, it's, it's not his bag. And it wasn't even just that; he was eleventh for strokes gained. Uh, sorry for greens in regulation. Yep, yep. So he's hitting greens, putting well on what's not his uh, best surface. 67, 67 weekend as well. So there wasn't many who betted that over the weekend at the uh, Sanderson Farms. Um, and if you look at last year, he uh, he finished twentieth here last year on debut. Um, he was sixth after 36. He had a nightmare third round, shot 76, which took him out of the equation. But he wasn't but, playing as well, was he? He wasn't playing anywhere near as well, but he was second for driving average that week across the full four days. Now, clearly, if you're... And, and that, that's, 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 not his, you know, that's not his key strength. He, he's, you know, he's far stronger in other parts of his, his game, and he's, he's a great putter when he gets going. And you know, clearly, to shoot 30 under, you've got to be able to make some birdies. Mm. But... For me, the course must have suited him very nicely um, from off the tee uh, for him to hit so many hit so many fairways. So 
I think you tie it all together, and I thought two hundred to one was was a gift. I think just just took that without uh, without any hesitation whatsoever. You and might keep get, an eye yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say that might get bigger. You know. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out because by the end of the evening there might be some more. But um, in case that was an outlier that was going to get uh, get scuppered, I took that very The other quickly. thing I I've noticed with him during my research is uh, twenty fifteen fourth at Met in Mexico. Now that's at seven thousand feet altitude. Mm. Eighth at the Utah Championship in twenty fifteen. Yeah, so next uh, next. Uh, Next state along again at altitude, like you said, that Ellie May Classic in 2016. He, what did he fight? 30 under. 30. And he opened with a 58 that week. 58, 65, 64, 63. 30 under broke every conceivable web.com record that week. I think he won by seven in the end. Um, and he had Xander, was uh, one of the players chasing him down back then. Mm. Nice little scout there. He's very capable. Very capable, Jager. I know that. I know that um, he's very well regarded on our in on our golf betting system group, isn't he? Mm. People talk about him all the time, and they struggle to get him right. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of these early season tournaments are on um, putting surfaces he doesn't like, so Bermuda, Poana. Yep. So by the time he gets the bent grass, the confidence has gone. But this time, he's actually started the season quite nicely, isn't he? Yeah. 8th at the web.com tour championship missed the cut at the Safeway Open but that 14th last week down in Tennessee uh, sorry Mississippi where he was 11th for strokes gain putting that's and 17th for strokes gain approach was a good number for him yeah no, no, I, I think he could go very very well you know he yeah also, I like that a lot yeah I think that's a very very strong shout um I'm just trying to find the other number because he won. He won that BMW. Uh, you know they do a pro am. He won that in 2017 on the web.com. That again, yeah, he, what the, the no laying up guys played this year. He was he I won that he, at 20, mm. he won that at 20 under. Oh yeah, I think he won a couple in the space of two or three events, didn't he? So clearly, he can also hold his form when he finds it. And, as you said, he's been a bit erratic, but those decent finishes recently on the web.com have been you know, notable. And then I think he missed the cut of the Safeway, didn't he? And then, uh, then 14th last week. So, But yeah, like you said, he did so, so well to get right in the mix after 36 holes last year. Which, as, you, as it wasn't a birdie fest, as we know. It was really tough, horrible. And he actually finished 20th. Which, if you actually look through the whole of the PGA Tour, that was his best result right the way through to June. Yeah, because he, didn't he drop off and then he, he, he nipped back to the web.com mm. at that point, didn't he? He had to, yes. But this is the point. I mean, from July onwards, 13th at the Quicken Loans, 47th at the Greenbrier, 21st at the Barbasol. He made the cut at the Canadian Open and the Barracuda and the Wyndham. You just got the feeling with him he was starting to get a little bit acclimatised to it. And then mm. he's gone back to the web.com playoffs. Fourth at the DAP Championship, eighth at the web.com Tour Championship which is on Bermuda in Florida, which he's not overly fond of. And then he bangs in a 14th last week at the Sanderson Farms. And like you said, his weekend performance was fantastic. Was it 65-65 yeah. or something? 67-67, so? uh, but there, there wasn't much better than that out there. Maybe a shot or two, but not... Mm. Uh, you know, they're, they're by the guys who are right at the very top. So. I want to put a big price in there, and I can't personally find anyone better than Jaeger that's 200-1 or above. 
So I might have to follow you in on that. Be my guest. I'll, both be, cur- I'll, be, I'll be cursing you when he shoots 78 <laughs> and he's three putting from 14 feet within uh, within the first three holes. I'll just, I'll just turn my phone off Thursday evening. The other one I do okay. fancy at a, a reasonable price, and he, to me, is the kind of sort that needs a win very soon. He's the sort, to me, that kind of wins these events often. Um, there's two, actually. I think Andrew Putnam might go well this week. He's very yeah. neat and tidy. Fourth in Shanghai last week at a WGC. Yeah, and he, well. he played here in 2014 as a Web.com Tour graduate, and no one had heard of him. He, it was one of those seasons where you know he never cut the mustard. He was mm-hmm. the 36-hole leader here, Putnam. Now that's what was that? That's four years ago, and he is now finishing fourth in WGCs. Yeah. I think if he got into position now, he won't be uh, he won't be falling away. The other one I really like a great putter, a great all-round game, and I've noticed of late over his last few performances, he's hitting tons of fairways and tons of greens, which I think is a real danger. He was a 54-hole leader here last year, and I just get a feeling that he's got a win in him soon. Um, He's... Where is he? He's 80th in the world golf rankings. He's up from 303 at the turn of the year. And this year, so far, he's finished up runner-up to, runner to Ian Poulter at the Houston Open, where he shot 19 unders to get into a playoff. And if it wasn't for Poulter's heroics on the final green, both in yeah. regulation and playoff, he'd be a PGA Tour winner. And he also finished second at Bubba Watson at TPC River Highlands, so another low-scoring event, short golf course. Bo Hosler. Is yeah. it Hosler or Hosler? No, I've heard it pronounced both ways, I think. Great putter, isn't he, Bo? Awesome putter, but he's actually t- hitting tons of greens at the moment. Mm. So yeah, he's at fifty-five to one so far with two with the only two firms that are up. Yeah, you might get better than that as well, won't you? I'm seeing him now priced up with another firm at f- as short as forty to one. So mm. I think that's a good price, fifty-five. Yeah. Yeah, well capable. As you say, he's come very close so far, hasn't he? Well, put it this way. Would you rather take, and and this is going against what I've said in past, recent past, but would you rather take him at 55s or would you rather take Joachim Neiman, who's really gone badly off the boil at the same price? Yeah. Right now, yeah, potentially. I I think Neiman's capable, but um, yeah, he's not quite there at the minute. He's not quite there at the minute, is he? Hmm. So, yes, that's uh, the Shriners Open. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, actually. It's always one of my favourite events, especially as I got the win last year. I can remember yeah. us last year sitting in Munich, Paul, in, in, a, um, in a bar, desperately watching the um, PJ Tour app update, and I was on Scott Brown and seriously getting sloshed on wheat beer, <laughs> bemoaning the fact that Scott Brown was an absolute whatever. Yeah, those you were going on. Oh, there's always tomorrow, Steve. He might fire a 61. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course he will. Of course he will. They never fire a 61. <laughs> and he didn't. No. no, he didn't. Certainly won't be on a Sunday from, from Scotty. Right, should we talk Turkish Airlines Open? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, actually, have you guys had a look at the uh, European Tour schedule that came out earlier? 
just been flicking through it myself to see what's... I have. Uh, I've noticed that the French Open's moved and there's been uh, relegated off the um, Rolex series events. Yeah, it has, yeah. It's gone down. It's uh, right at the back end of the season now, so it's been played in October, as Wentworth just before it as well in September. With, you, uh, you can see what Pelly's done, can't you? He's just basically put a lot of the big events in the autumn when the PGA Tour is at its weakest and they're, you know, yeah. all... Yeah. Yeah, no, and they, yeah. and they should still attract a decent, uh, a decent field, shouldn't they? And people want to come across and play the golf national. I'm sure they will, uh, particularly as it, you know, how, how it was showcased at the Ryder Cup a few weeks back. British Masters continues unsponsored with Tommy Fleet at uh, Tommy Fleetwood's course in Southport. That's good. Yeah, Hillside is playing, so that, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's great that that's that's found a position on the uh, on the schedule. It would have been a tragedy to to lose that. Abu Dhabi is now a Rolex Series event. You see, they got a couple of mixed male and female events as well. The uh, Trophy Ascender and the Vic Open, which which joins the schedule as well. So they'll be uh, interesting ones um, from a betting perspective. I'm not entirely how does, sure. How does that work then? Um, I've seen nothing more in terms of detail other than that they will be mixed male and female. So, team team um, event, yeah. So one, one male, one female on each team. Well, if they're not, then um, you'd imagine there's going to need to be some some rules within that in terms of uh, teeing positions and uh, and the like. But um, yeah, I, I, the only detail I've read so far is that they'll be mixed. But uh, I'm sure more will come out in the wash over the next day or two. Saudi international, so they're playing one at Saudi. Kenya Open um, is promoted. They always played the Kenya Open on the uh, on the Challenge Tour, so that's yeah, an interesting good. one. I noticed as well they've taken away virtually all the South African events that we were bemoaning four, five, six weeks of South African action from sort of February through. That They've only got two down there now, haven't they? The South African yeah. Open and uh, the Alfred Dunhill, yeah? Yep. Yeah, it certainly cut down the number of events that side as well. So There seems yeah, to, maybe... to be more action in Europe, which can't be a bad thing. Yes, okay. it's it's mixed, isn't it? But uh, there's a few few new ones on there which are outside of uh, Europe. But uh... I'll say they move Valderrama to the spring. Hmm. But yeah, all in all, it looks quite a good, um, quite a good schedule. I thought. Yeah, there was there's, there's not quite the knife being taken to it, which you know I think there was concern that we'd lose the British Masters. There was concern. Um, about the the French Open as well, and clearly they've both survived the schedule, um, just in uh, different, entirely different spots. And went with which we kind of surmised was going to be pushed to the back end of the season, so it didn't clash with the uh, the US based major uh, you know, season earlier on earlier on in the year with with all the changes that are happening from the uh, uh, from the US side. Mm. It's probably a good move, I expect. Any thoughts on that, Barry? No, I think it's I think it's good. It just seemed to have um, logistically got things kind of lined up quite nicely. Like they've got the back to back events in South Africa again, the same again in Australia. You know, you've you've got the BMW PGA at Wentworth the week before the Alfred Dunhill Links. So like you're on the same, you're in the, the in the UK. For, you know, back to back weeks. Um, yeah, it seems nicely balanced and you know, it's clever that they've backloaded the season with uh, these big events now that the PGA Tour and FedEx Cup will be finishing earlier yeah. um, next year. So 
Seems, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a strange one that the, the Open to France at the Golf Nationale, the year after it, ho- it hosts the Ryder Cup, loses its uh, Rolex mm. Series status. Yeah, yeah relegated. And not mentioning the press release at all. It, it, no. It was, oh, we've, you know, we've introduced Abu Dhabi on the Rolex Series, and, and then you look down and it's like, oh, look, it looks no, you're like right. the French I mean, Open isn't in the Rolex Series event anymore. When I when I first read just the blurb associated with it, I assumed that the uh, the, the French Open had been dropped completely, but uh, it's still there. But as you say, just been relegated, isn't it? Mm. Mm. All change, all change. Well, th- this um, the Turkish Airlines Open is one of the ones that survives. Actually, the venue's not been confirmed for next year, so and um, we may well be changing venue, but um, it's going to retain its position at the back end of the season. Um, and as it is this year, it's the first of these final Rolex Series events that lead up to the DP World Tour Championship in three weeks' time, which will complete this European Tour season. So we've got this week um, in Turkey with a $7 million prize fund. Next week at Sun City, um, and the prize fund goes up to $7.5 million. And then $8 millions on offer at the Earth Course in Dubai. And then, of course, you've got the bonus fund that uh, goes with that as well. So for the guys who've still got a vested interest in uh, in hitting that, uh, you know, the top spots in the race to Dubai, then it's going to be an interesting three weeks. Although, to be fair, of the guys in the top 10 at the moment, it's a pretty, pretty poor show in terms of who's actually here this week. So leading the way, you've got Francesco Molinari, who's, who's head and shoulders above everyone else, as you'd expect, with his um, Open Championship win. Um but he's not playing. Tommy Fleetwood's here. He's in second. But then you've got the likes of Patrick Reed, who's third, not playing. Xander, fourth, not playing. Alex Noron, fifth, not playing. McElroy's not playing. He's sixth. Uh, Olsen's in seventh, and he's here. Um, Eddie Pepple's injured. He's eighth. He's not here. Till Hatton pulled out. Originally, he was going to be one of the guys that I really wanted to see what kind of price he was going to come up at for this. It wouldn't have been particularly long, but um, I did have some interest in Hatton. He's not playing. Question for um, you. Question yeah, for you. Do you think Reed and Chauflay will play the final one in Dubai? Oh, yeah. Reed definitely will. Be good to see both of them, wouldn't it? Mm. Be great to I, see both of them. If they don't, it's a real shame that they're taking up that spot. Associate members, yeah. You, you know, surely you've got to play, haven't you? I think I think it's the the right thing to do. But do these golfers always do the right thing? No, no. It's, it's so money motivated, isn't it? It's, uh, it's quite a big prize fund, isn't it? It's not it's not it's not a, not a cheap yeah. event, is it? The DP, no. you know, clearly. No, no. no, no good to see them come over. Yes, I, I, hopefully they will. And then you've got the likes of John Rahm as well, who's just outside mm. of that. You know, you, you'd hope that some of these top players do come along and. Uh, make a decent event of it. Justin Rose is sitting in 10th spot at the moment. He's the bookie's favourite for this week. Uh, defending again, as he was last week. 4-1, um, to 9-2 to two is the best you'll get on Rose this week. There's some uh, skinny old prices at the top. Um, I was running through the top. Justin Rose, 9-2. to two. Tommy Fleetwood, 8-1 to one or thereabouts. Olsen, 16-1. to one. And Olsen's been backed off the boards this afternoon. So that's likely to drop down to 14s, I expect. Um, and then you've got the likes of Shane Lowry at 20s, Haltong Lee, 22. Um, before you start going to the likes of uh, Afi Barnrat, Lucas Beregard, Thomas Peters, around the 30 to 1 spot or thereabouts. So not a bad field, but uh, a shame really that a lot of these guys who are right to the top end of the, the race of Dubai aren't here. 
which is a shame. So after three years at the Montgomery Max, we've moved to the current uh, venue, which is the Regnum Carrier Golf Resort and Spa. So 7,159-yard par, 71, uh, Peter Thompson design. Uh, classical layout, it's taken a lot of the inspiration from the Heathland tracks in England. Um, so it's lined with pine and eucalyptus trees, but they've planted a million or so heather plants um, to make it really look the part in terms of Heathland style track. Um, you know, obviously we saw a lot of heath, you know, heather, um, the Heathland track at Walton Heath recently, um, but that was quite exposed. This is tree lined, although it's nowhere near as tight as Wentworth. So it's kind of kind of sit between the two of them, I think. Um, subtle difference here is it's Bermuda greens rather than bent grass or bent grass base greens. So you've got a few kind of intricacies to consider with this track, but aesthetically it won't look dissimilar to the to the Heathland tracks that you'd expect to see around the kind of Surrey countryside area um, in the UK. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of where I've gone with this, I've, I've, I've been away myself over the weekend, so I'm quite late into the uh, thinking process with this. Um, but if you start to dig into what, we've, what we know about the events that have been held in, you've only got the last two years worth of uh, history to really dig into. Um, you got uh, Olsen won in 2016 at 20 under, 125 to 1, with absolutely no incoming form. Miscut, miscut 50, miscut 50 was his five form, uh, five event form coming into this, um, 125 to 1, which is kind of typical Olsen when he gets uh, gets over the line, isn't it? Um, Justin Rose last year, 8 to 1, 18 under, and he had incoming form of 10th, 10th, 2nd, 10th, 1st, and he'd won that week before at the uh, WGCH HSBC. So absolutely poles apart in terms of their incoming form. Absolutely poles apart in terms of their uh, starting price as well. But they both got to the kind of 18, 20 under bracket and uh, and both got the job done. Um, Olsen was nearly rock bottom of the team, of the players that, uh, that made the cut in terms of driving accuracy. Rose was virtually top. So again, they got the job done in a completely different way as well. So not only were they kind of uh, polar opposites in that respect, they're polar opposites in terms of incoming form and uh, style of play. What they both did do was hit lots of greens. They both did scramble particularly well. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's pretty, kind pretty of... Long, pretty long off the tee as well, aren't they, both of them? Yeah, they can be. Yeah, I, I, you know they're not up there with the the, the very longest, but, they're, but they're, yeah, you know, but you've got Cole the, Sartz was second with Fratelli, yeah, both bangers, aren't they? Pad Padraig was fourth. He gives it a good bang. You know they're, they're not short off the tee. Those top four from last year, and the, but then no. I suppose the year before we had David Orsi. So yeah, yeah, Orsi was up there as well. I, if you try and dig between it, I'm not sure you can really. Uh, find that much of a correlation. I mean, it's, it's a resort. It's a resort course. It's designed to be a resort course. The penalty for straying too far off the fairway isn't that severe. Um, and as you can, you know, Olsen, if it was a severe penalty off the tee, then 63rd for driving accuracy out of the 70 or so who made the cut uh, certainly wouldn't have got the job done. So clearly, you can recover. Um, you know, if you're trying to correlate this to something like Wentworth, it's interesting to, to look at the, the two guys who've won this, their respective records there. So you've got Rose, who's twice been a runner-up at Wentworth, three top tens as well over the years. 
Olsen's played eight times, he's missed the cut six, and he's got a best of 54th. So again, you know, if you were looking at Wentworth as a, as a proxy for this, you'd, you'd take one look and look straight away again. You know, maybe it's Olsen who kind of transcends a lot of these trends, and when he wins, he wins from you know, a, a position where you're just not going to find... You're not going to find him on a spreadsheet or with a bit of analysis. It's um, it's an interesting one. It is an interesting one. I mean, for me, when I dug through the players who finished in the um, paying each way positions and obviously the winners um, for both of the years, the closest correlation I could really find was probably with the Dunhill links. Um, but then again, you know, that's one of the more um, elevated events on the. Uh, European tour and perhaps you find a you know a similar kind of clientele who attends those two events so you know perhaps it's a you know a, almost a foregone conclusion that you're going to end up with the same kind of players but um, yeah I, I think you could you could try and dig the bones out of the two results so far and you could come up with, um, with, with a lot of blanks out of it I think so so yes I think there's going to be many and varied ways to uh, to try and try and cut it this week and um, but then, if you look at the, the market, I, for me, you know, I, I know we're always going to be trying to find some players who, you know, are, are, the bookies have missed and the price is, you know, far higher than it should be. Um, but for me, you know, Rose, Rose is defending again for the second week in the trot. He was host at the at Walton Heath, wasn't he? You know, this has been a tiring few weeks for for Justin Rose. He's defending again this week. Mm. Um, nine to two, he may well go for four to one. He's been backed in quite heavily as well, and that's a short old price on Rose. I mean, clearly, he likes the course. Clearly, he got the got the job done last year. But um, you know, there's him. There's Tommy Fleetwood, eight to one, and these guys. You know, for me, they could just go and do with going and taking a rest. Really, could do with uh, not being not playing all of these events back to back to back. But uh, but that's where they are. I thought you were oh. going to say they could just go and do one. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's if they win the tournaments. <laughs> Olsen seventh last week, and um, clearly won on the course. He was fifth last year as well. But he, how often does he win from you know a position of third favourite and sixteen to one? You know, he's just as likely to go and play poorly and miss the cut. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't back him at that kind of price. No. I mean, the the odd one for me is is Shane Lowry. Now we were talking about Lowry's price eight to, eight to one, twelve to one, twelve kind of to one for Valderrama, wasn't it? Valderrama. So he's finished second there, played far better than he has done for a long time, and his price is doubled. Um, but then this is a resort course, and is Shane really about making you know twenty under type scores? I'm not sure. How Tom Lee's been playing well, um, but again, twenty-two to one. You know, that's sort of a little bit of twenty-fives out there at the moment. But um, he's not been hitting a lot of greens. Afi Barmer at fifty percent greens in regulation last week. You know, for a twenty-eight to one shot. When he plays well, Barmer, he hits. You know, he's in the he's in the high seventies, eighties of greens in regulation, and makes you know a lot of putts. He made a lot of putts last week, but that was out of necessity. Yeah. If, you, if you're hitting half of your fair, half of your greens in regulation, you've got to play incredibly well on and around the greens to even get a respectable score around there. So this, yeah, there's there's quite a few that I I'm not convinced that now Thomas Peters his GR's not been great. I'm, I'm not sure Matt Wallace is you know he may have run out of steam. I think Lucas Berger might have run out of steam a bit. Andy Sullivan's greens in regulation's been off a bit. Yeah, Yost Loughton, forty to one out there. 
you know, he, he was 11th when he came back after his injury uh, of Valderrama as well, wasn't it? And again, you know, is he going to really get back straight into the kind of contending hot seat after such a long time off? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know a name you haven't mentioned, and I know that you want to back him, and I know that you, I know <laughs> yeah. that I know that you like the price because you keep well, beating around the bush. <laughs> And I know that he played really well at the British Masters. I, I, do you know what? It's it's six thirty now on a Monday, and I haven't backed anyone on this uh, event. Which is uh, usually by this point on a Monday, I'm, I'm probably pretty much done in terms of actually my betting, and I've not bet any. And I've got a short list of seven so far that I need to trim down. Um, and one of those is Lucas Herbert, which is the one you're probably thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think could go well. I just not convinced on the price for a guy who's not won yet. He's debutant on the course. Mm. There's thirty three to one out there at the moment. Um, there's a little bit of forties, but I, um, I suspect that will be gone, gone very soon. So if I'm going to make a decision on that, that needs to be yeah. rapido. Um, the other, so I thought you were going to say the other one. The Tom American. Williams. The no, no, no. I, 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 I must be barking up the wrong. I thought you were going to say Julian Shearer. Yeah, it was serious. But again, there was a few players who last week. I know it was a, a different different level, and I know that um, yeah, it's different. You know, he was first for GIR at the Web dot com Tour Championships, and he was fifth for GIR at the British Masters on a Heathland track that you say has got some connotations. Yeah. I think it's sure he's always one of these guys that's up and down. Yeah. I think no, he, no, he, he was top ten here last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah, eighth. I think he was. Yeah, mm. I think yeah, forty he, to one ain't a bad price. About Shuri, he's yeah, he's, he's worth considering. And Tom Lewis is playing really, really good. He's playing some really good golf. Um, seven top tens in nine starts and a couple of wins in that. Um, but again, he's, you know these, these guys are particularly short. You know, in 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 the context of where they are, thirty threes, mm. forty to one. I, yeah, I've got to make a decision between a few of these guys. Jordan Smith's one that I may well go with. Um, I think Smith is one that's um, been showing some increasing form. He finished third at Walton Heath, so um, clearly, as you said just then, there was some, you know, in terms of Heathland uh, form, there's something yeah. to, to grab onto there. And his long game looked really good, but he also finished sixth for putting average, which is totally un Jordan Smith like. That's not so him. That's, no. that's not him. So, that's uh, that, that's one to seriously consider. I think Andrew Andrew Pavan is another one who um, at yeah. fifty to one or thereabouts. And he, he played we, okay last week. Hit a lot of greens. So that's that's his business, isn't it? Out in he's, the in greens Shanghai. and regulation is his game. Right. Yeah. He yeah, finished nicely as well, didn't he? He put a nice low score. Was it Saturday he put a good one out there? Yeah, he finished with 77. So that, he, he was 13th going into the final round and finished up 22nd. But that's no disaster. I mean, when some of the guys that, you know, the, the likes of Matt Fitzpatrick, I, who I really fancied to go well last week, um, he shot 80 in second, the second round and 81 in the final round. You know, there's some horrific scores out there. Mm. Um so yeah, I think Pavan did 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 pretty well, and if, you know this is this is a resort course, and if you look at the resort course or the course that he won the Czech Masters on um, a couple of months ago, that was a another low scoring event. He shot twenty two under on that track. Um, fifth at the Dunhill Links. If there is a Dunhill Links link there, then potentially he led at the halfway point. Sixteenth uh, at Walton Heath, and he was sixth going into the final day there as well. So there's quite a, you know there's a number of small pointers there for Andrea Pavan as well. Um, Patrick Harrington, you know, I've gone 
round the houses with him over the last few weeks and I've left him alone the last couple of weeks and he tailed off at Valderrama as I kind of expected but again the, before that there was some uh, some interesting form 22nd at Walton Heath 7th at Daniel Links 5th at the KLM 2nd at the Czech Masters and he's hitting loads of greens but yeah, as you and I have said you know, we've looked he's at him. Put, he's putting at 2.18 putts per GIR. He, there's, yeah. there's some big picture there with Padraig, isn't there? There's some mm. master plan there. He's clearly spending all of his time working T to green, T to green, yeah. T to green. He's clearly doing that. It's going to come good at some stage. Yeah, it is. And um, we're back on Bermuda, um, Bermuda putting surface, and I think he plays well on Bermuda. He mm. was fourth here last year, mm. um, and the two attempts that he's had on this track, he's putted. Uh, fifth for putting average and tenth for putting average. So I think he gets on with the greens here. Mm-hmm. And if it is just a case of marrying up a decent week to his outstanding, and it is outstanding greens and regulation mm-hmm. that he's put together over the last few weeks. They're like career best numbers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not just a one off week. He's producing them um, mm-hmm. really quite regularly. Really quite regularly. Um, you know, Valderrama aside, where. I really didn't fancy it'd go well there, you know, given the tight confines. And I think this is more up his alley because if it's the kind of track where you can be wayward uh, from off the tee, but you can play a recovery shot, you can find your way back onto the green. And then if you can find the putter, you know, there's, there's a lot of ifs in that sentence that I've just said. But, uh, <laughs> you know, 60 to 1, he may well be t- worth taking a chance on. Mm. Um, you know, and we know that he's got the. Uh, He's got the ability to convert when, as and when he gets a chance. Yeah, interesting one. Other two at uh, longer prices, I like the look of Ollie Fisher. Um, I think he's been overlooked in this market. You know, if there's, there's a guy who can shoot 59 recently, he can go low. He finished 11th at Valderrama as well, which, uh, you know, clearly there's uh, there's some decent underlying form there. Um, and he's 150 to one at the moment, which I thought was overpriced. Uh, and Stephen Gallagher, who I haven't backed for a long time, but I've been keeping an eye on. Um, and he seems to be finding a little bit of form as well. Um, let's dig into him a little bit further. But again, one of these guys who can hit a lot of greens in regulation when he's playing well. And he does putt far better on Bermuda than he does on uh, on Bentgrass. So um, he may well find his way into my final team. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit behind the game today. So I'm not firming anything up. Um, and I probably won't do until the morning. Um, until we can get the uh, the final preview and my uh, my bets on tomorrow, I think. Anyone don't, catch your gone? Don't you worry, Petal. We'll we'll wait for you. <laughs> Won't we, Barry? We'll wait. We're going to have to. Yeah. Um, well, it's no choice. Um, it's a couple around that kind of price, the Harrington price mark. Uh, I like Lucas Herbert. Uh, obviously. The price was closer to 50s, it would be nicer than 35s. Mm. Yeah. But um, Alexander Bjork's been uh, shown a, a little bit of form recently. It didn't have a great result here last year, but you know, at 50 to 1, it's another one to. I'll have a, a, a little bit of a deeper dig through. Um, like I'd like to. How Tong Lee, um, everything looks to be lining up quite nicely for him, but he's just so short. Nice. And, oh, and, 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 and yeah, I know. And does he win? Mm. Um, yeah, it's hard. I like the Harrington shout, actually, I do. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered him, but... We we had a lot. chat about it the other week, didn't we, Paul? Yeah. And we, and we said, you, you, he, he, this, this piece of work he's working through, clearly, it's all about 
greens in regulation. It, you can just see it in the numbers. And he's clearly not working on his short game. So there's there's clearly a plan a, 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 a plan of trying to get himself back into the mix in terms of being able to be competitive from tee to green. And it, it, it just, I mean, he played at, it was something silly, wasn't it? 2.1 putts per GIR or something the other, on his last outing. That's a Valder Army, yeah. yeah. Was, and he topped, really he was 90% of greens in regulation or something crazy. His, his stats for a while now have been very unharrington like but he, you know, we know what a good putter he is. We know that when he, you know, starts making those putts, he, he can be absolutely outstanding. So, um, yeah, it, it will come together, yeah, I think. 80% GIR around Valderrama. He was second across the whole field. Which on those tiny greens is no mean feat. That's though. not Padraig Harrington, is it? Garcia, 77.8 fourth. So yeah, I can I can see Harrington. You know, you might find that he's targeted this potentially, and right, bang, we'll go. We've got some big Bermuda green tournaments coming up. I'm going to work on my short game. Away we go. Yeah, and the fact that he's played this particular ta- track twice and he's finished in the top ten for putting average both times suggests that he does get on with the uh, with the surface as well, which um, is a nice positive, I think. Mm-hmm. One at longer odds. I'm just going to throw at you and uh, see see what happens. Matthias Schwab. Yeah, and he's been playing well as well, hasn't he? He's, uh, he? He did appear on quite a bit of my analysis. It's it's difficult with these players to really form an opinion as to what their best suit really is, but there's clearly something about Schwab, isn't there? Yeah, 125 to one is a uh, it's a fun one to have on board, anyway. Mm. Um, if you know, if you're kind of going to ignore the very top of the market, hopefully try land them in the places, and maybe it'll give you a run for your money. Getting you know, coming come Sunday, but I mean, realistically, do, does he go on and win? I don't know. No, no, and it's you know, it's a, it's a big ask. With a, you know, there are some decent uh, decent players at the top of the market there, but um, no, he's capable. I think you know he's going to have a good good couple of seasons potentially. Well, it's an, it's, he's sorry, cool. strange pricing on him. Like for him, he's Paddy Power have him at sixty six to one, mm. and he's in other bookmakers at one hundred and twenty fives. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, there's not a consensus opinion then as as to how well he'll go, which um, is always worth looking at. Actually, it's always an interesting point if there's some disparity between bookies. Gavin I, Green's another one like that. It's, <laughs> it's very different in terms of his pricing. Sorry, Steve, just stole your thunder there, haven't I? You bugger. 150 to 1, Gavin Green. That's exactly what I was going to say, you sh. He's been playing well, Green, and you said this, there's there's room off the tee. Um, he loves a low scoring event, doesn't he, Green? And we were really mm. impressed with him around Walton Heath when we followed him. And he was just yep. playing that low stinger. Uh, I, I think there's. Why, why is Sam Horsfield being backed in seriously? He played. Uh, he played well recently, didn't he? Um, I forget what's, uh, exactly what he did, but um, he's. I've seen him mentioned a bit on uh, Twitter over the course of the day, and uh, clearly he's caught the imagination of a few of the uh, mm. the, the guys out there who uh, commentate on all of this. 
Can yeah, EVR, can EVR putt on Bermuda? Because I just noticed he finished really well out in Shanghai, didn't he? Top six or seven with his fin- final round, Eric Van Roo. Yeah, I've not particularly got a lot of Bermuda form for him. You know, no. being a South African guy, you know, there, there tends to be, be more, bent. Does mm. tend to be bent, yeah. And um, going back to Horsfield, fifth at the British Masters, which is where the, the correlation will be coming into to this. Mm. So, and you know, is it, again, he's another capable player, isn't he? Whether he can get low enough to uh, big event for him, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see his, you know, his, his history adorned with sixty fours and sixty threes, which you're going to need to, you know, you're going to need to score, produce some low rounds around here. I think to get to the kind of eighteen twenty under type bracket, we shall see. I think my one bet, uh, the top uh, top end of the market is Shuri. I think I'm going to take forties on that, and I'll, I'll also mm. get stuck into Lucas Herbert as well. Yeah, I just as Barry said, I'd just like a little bit more out of her. But mm. you know, if he, he was fifty, I don't think I'd be hesitating. But I'd like Tony Fee now at forty to one, but those days are long gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. touching Tony Fee now. Sub forty to one, eleven yeah. to one. I, I know, I know a few will be a few on him this week. These bookies ruining our fun, eh? By pricing these players out of the mm. equation. But yeah, that's where I am. So uh, I'll uh, firm it up overnight, and uh, I expect it will be kind of noonish tomorrow that I'll be out with my final preview. Have we got any final messages on on our fiftieth podcast for the fiftieth uh, podcast for the, for the listeners? I noticed the other day that we're very big in Azerbaijan in <laughs> certain categories, so that's useful to know. Thank yeah. you to the Azerbaijani listeners. Yeah, much appreciated, guys. <laughs> 50, 50 episodes, that can't be bad, can it? No, it's good, yeah. So we've got uh, this week and the next couple taking us up to the DP World Tour Championship and then we'll be taking a well-earned break until the start of the next season. So uh, build up some uh, some desire and, uh, mm. and impetus ahead of next season or ne- the next calendar year season at least. We'll start again with Kapalua on New Year's Day. Whether we do a podcast, I'm not so sure. I think I'm actually around. I wasn't around last year, so it wasn't, yeah. didn't happen, but I'm around for that. Yeah, it might not be particularly early on New Year's Day. No, I don't think so. Well, thank you for your time, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, best Cheers, of luck, guys. guys. Let's hope for a change of luck. And uh, we'll see listeners again. Well, we won't see see them, but we'll be around next week for, from memory, the OHL Classic over in uh, Mexico with Jordan Spieth playing in that one. And also we've got the event at Sun City and with the Ned yeah, Bank Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Two, two decent events. Thanks mm, for listening indeed. and we'll see you again soon. Good night. <laughs>